Welcome to another episode of the Prairie Perspective Podcast presented by Player Golf. Matt here alongside me is Eric Carter and Danush. And after a nice break to focus on our exams, the boys are back. And we're back in a big way with one of the biggest guests in pod history. And an absolute hockey legend, TSN's Bob McKenzie, the original hockey insider, talks to the boys as we get into his new book. Before some hockey talk, talking the 2021 World Juniors, which will get underway in just more than 10 days' time. So uh, we'll touch on that and uh, some local content with Connor Zeri. We asked Bob about what his thoughts were on Zeri making the team. Uh, we taped this on Monday, December 7th, so we didn't really know the roster yet. But nonetheless, we get into that with Bob. And uh, before we kick it over to him, let's uh, catch in with the boys. It's been a while since we caught up. DB, what's going on? Not a whole lot, man. I uh, just wrapped up finals on Saturday, pretty much. So I just went on, a, I guess you could say, a final bender last week. Started on, uh, what day was it? Wednesday night, Thursday afternoon, Friday afternoon, Saturday afternoon. And then a take-home final, which is due on the 18th. So I wrapped that up pretty much with my group. It's a group take-home final too, not even solo. Fucking business kids, eh? No, no, this is uh, Linguistics 111. It's my elective. Actually, <laughs> kind of a hard class because uh, the language that you uh, read, it's like different. It's different languages, and then you gotta like transcribe it to English. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of. Give us a breakdown of what this is, DB. It's not multiple choice. It's all written. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's tough, but we got it wrapped up today, so we're done. So I'm done. School's over for me. Looking forward to a nice. Uh, got about one it? month off, eh? Yeah, four well, weeks since it got pushed back. What do you got planned here? What's what's on the schedule for uh, Dinesh Bala? Nothing. <laughs> nothing. Absolutely nothing. Helping the brother move out or what? Yeah, today was the day, man. Packed up the bags. And, uh, yeah. I mean, he's not moving that far down the road. He's moving to Silver Spring, so. <laughs> oh, oh, hey, no. What, uh, what street? Konakowski. Konakowski. Konakowski, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. Oh, A little traffic. That's right in the hood. Right, yeah. right beside my house. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Him and a buddy, the- so. Just the two of them in a house? Wow. Yeah. Um, Doctor Money. Yeah, seriously, how much they fork out for that? No, man, it was, uh, it was the other guy. I think uh, it's the other guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's the other guy. So, so are you the new man of the house around the yeah, the, do you the residence or what? Around the residence or what? Yeah, it was basically like a six six month stint, I guess you could say. I can't quite. So we were. I was alone for what like three years like the 2017 that's when he went to the six and then he was gone for three years so i was alone and then he came back from like what was it uh july till now so like about six months and now he's gone again so i'm back so it was just like uh not gonna lie though didn't mind having him for uh the six months it's pretty chill but now it's just back to the normal like it was he was just there for a temporary stay now he's gone and he's happy, man, to get out. He just, just don't know I want to live at home. So <laughs> don't he blame him. He didn't invite you to come live with him or what? No, he didn't. I didn't get that offer. 
yeah, if if he did give you the offer, if he said Bala, two hundred bucks a month, and uh, we can be roomies, dude. You got how, how that. much convi- how much consideration are you giving that proposition? I'd give it like sixty percent consideration. Okay, okay. Because two hundred uh, bucks a month, then that's yeah, two hundred bucks, and I know I'm just throwing a number out there, and he, he's he's not really uh, too intrigued by six by two hundred, so. I could pull it off, I think, living alone. Like, it's not like I'm that far from home, anyways, and I'm not in like that high stress of school. So, are you are you driving back home every every uh, night, six o'clock? Eat some uh, eat some meals out of the fridge. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I know your mom likes to prep. Yeah, my mom. That's what my family does: is the Sunday prep for the whole week, and then we sneak in a couple. Like, she cooks a couple days in between, but they only did that because like. My mom never, uh, if she were to cook every day, if she likes to cook, if she were to cook every day, like during normal, like she goes to the gym right after work. So she gets home at like six and then she just want to cook after that. So we just get the meals done on Sunday. So you're telling me, Dinesh, you do not cook a meal for yourself any day of the week, any month of the year. Don't need to. That's why he's not moving out right there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) There's literally 40% right there. Literally like, uh. I kind of sometimes ask, like, yo, I'll just do that. That I was like, no, like, if I'm making food for two, I'm making food for three. I don't need you in the kitchen messing my shit up. So I said, all right. No I'm, with you, I'm with you, DB. Whenever I try cooking, my mom, so she's like, you want me to take over? You want me to do that? Sure, you don't need help. Like, she just, like, gets in my face. And yeah, just, she's, my mom said. I can't do it, and she just hates when I cook my own yeah, food. Yeah, she I just. Think that's a sign it. because my mom, she likes when I'm in the kitchen because, you know, I bring the heat. I'm a versatile, uh service in the kitchen dude she I likes it when you're in the kitchen know. dude she likes it. and you're gone literally she <laughs> likes it when you're in the kitchen because she doesn't see you any other time during the day man you're in your cave downstairs <laughs> you and the cat you guys ever have like uh family reunions up there with a uh, cat in there too <laughs> just move out and you can get a cat db that'd be the last thing on my agenda man i can't stand cats they scratch like they're aggressive man and they eat salmon too don't they yeah should we talk about the best sports event of the year just a couple weeks away mm. this is kind of coming around the corner team canada released the roster on friday connor zary the saskatoon kid friend of the show making the cut eric what did you uh what did you think with the final decisions from hockey canada and alan miller granting uh zary a spot in the top 14 Super psyched to see Zary. I know it makes it it makes you want to watch the tournament even more, even that much more when you got a guy you know in it, you can root for him. Just makes it a little more special from uh, back home watching in front of the coach. But uh, all being said, I think that Canada team is just juiced. Like wherever you look, they got depth, they got strength. They can run four forward lines, and you won't have a problem scoring goals amongst any of those lines. Decor, bunch of studs couple Sasky boys on the point too so you can't complain about that and root for those two all being told I think Canada is looking to go undefeated here like their team is just next level that doc is a stud he better be the captain because he is just filthy like you said there Caden Korzak Braden Schneider two Sasky guys alongside Zary there for the team Chetty what did you think about the decision Seth Jarvis not making the cut eighth overall pick in last year's draft a lot of guys that were taken behind Jarvis, like Zary, for example, uh, making the team where you were kind of initially were a little surprised with that decision. Yeah, I was a little surprised that uh, 
Jarvis didn't make the team just because of his numbers that he put up in Portland last year, in Portland last year, and then obviously being um, a high pick in the NHL draft. But that being said, every forward on that Canadian roster was drafted in the first round. I mean, the depth on that team is ridiculous up front and on the back end. Um, only question I have is I don't know who the starting goalie is going to be. I mean, you got a guy that from college and then two guys from the WHL, one plays in Kamloops, one plays in Prince George. Guy in Prince George, his numbers are not as good as the guy in Kamloops, but I mean, he gets shelled every night because he plays in Prince George. So it'll be it'll be exciting to see who gets uh, the number one spot in net. Does it mirror? It sounds like that Goche is probably going to be the guy. It kind of sounded like Goche is the guy, but Levi had the shutout there. I believe it was a game four, game three or four, the Northeastern product, college kid. But yeah, I, I don't know how much experience he's had already. He played junior A in Ontario. Obviously, he's got to be pretty uh, well thought of, but I don't know if he would have played any games at all this year for Northeastern. Yeah. They come into cap. So there's, I just, there's an aspect there. And another thing for Canada to be able to run this tournament is I saw there's two, two players on USA recently that are unable to go. Um, John Beecher. Beecher. Yeah, yeah, Beecher's a loss. Michigan. That's a tough loss for them. And yeah. then Nick Robertson trying to crack the uh, Maple Leafs roster. That's tough for them too. And every team's had issues, even Canada, because they had a couple players unable to play because of COVID. So I just think that that Canadian roster is too deep. Canada's definitely kind of got a big advantage for this tournament just because their junior leagues weren't going right. They could kind of get the bubble there early. They were able to kind of lock things down, shut it down there with the positive tests. And now they really should kind of be able to run mistake free so uh while other teams they kind of were playing their own individual teams then all had to quarantine together and you didn't really weren't able to kind of keep track of everything right so yeah but that being said some of those other countries have their players have been playing hockey at least so yeah for some sure games there's the advantage canada, there yeah. canada's going to be going into these exhibition games for the world juniors having played like what four scrimmage against each other yeah or who knows if they're fully if it's full contact or like if they're going hard in the corners, I'm not sure, but I assume they're because it was a tryout. Yeah. Probably more than ever. It would have been nice for them to, to play those U sports games. They usually play against the U sports all-star teams, but they were supposed to play against the university of Alberta and Mount Royal university. But those games were canceled there because of the COVID outbreak. That'd be awesome. I'm pretty surprised it's all going down still. I know Alberta's in a, just a debacle right now with COVID going on. So I'm kind of surprised. Like there's a lot of people that are all pissed this. off about yeah. it like hindsight 2020 now i think like too bad it wasn't in europe i know they got vaccines already rolling out there for like the last week or two now so i feel like hindsight 2020 europe probably would have been the better play for this one i mean like the vaccine really doesn't have any impact on things i just feel like europe's kind of got it more under control germany's going under a full uh country-wide lockdown starting tomorrow i believe so interesting yeah i don't really so, know hopefully the boys got out today <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're just stuck yeah so i don't know i don't really know if things are better anywhere else to be honest with you alberta is probably one of the worst locations you could have it but <laughs> yeah. like in canada at least yeah yeah it's up there yeah not good um yeah yeah hoping the boys the best travels down there and hopefully you can watch some puck coming uh about 15 days from now what do you guys think? I'm, like, what's the chances we, we do get a tournament? How confident are you? Not very. I'm, I'm really, saying like hey. a 60, 40, it goes and doesn't go. So 60, 60 going? 60 going, yeah. I think it's, I think they're going to go. I mean, if these teams get here and they're going to put the effort in to do their quarantine, that's 
pretty tough to be like a couple days later, turn them around and fly them back home. But I think the WHF's put a lot of time and effort into this. Obviously, they didn't plan it as well as they possibly could have, but I think everyone went to go. So, yeah, I think at the end of the day, though, if they can get on flights over there and the government lets them in, in and out of their country and into ours, then I don't see why it wouldn't go. I just see a lot of problems with that process right now. Well, I, th- I we think we have to well. assume that they are all are going to get here. It's just a matter of if when. there's like, if you have like one plane, for example, that say like you get 10 cases and then it's like, okay, this could be like three teams. This is affecting. Then it starts to be a lot of people advocating for this thing to be shut down. Right. Like, it's just kind of crazy. Like you look at how everybody shut down everything back in March and where we are now is like so much worse than, then well it's crazy to think too like all these players get over here on i don't know say tuesday for example so they get over here on the 15th there's cases on the plane so now you're 14 days now you're starting on the 29th right yeah i think if there's cases on the plane that really is gonna blow things up like they just turn back and take them home or what i don't know you'll have to yeah i don't really know i'm assuming they kind of have um uh restrictions like the (laughs) the government but (laughs) It'll be interesting to like see what happens like if we go down to like seven teams. Like, how do they restructure things? Do they yeah. still run the tournament? There, there's a lot of questions, and I don't even know if they'd have really answers yet. I think they're just kind of in wait and see mode. Yeah, as soon as uh, Sweden came out with like those whatever four players had tested positive and were not, unable to compete, I just thought like, how how would they do it if say three teams dropped out? Like, how do they structure? Yeah, say that? three teams in the same group. So you have a, yeah. so do you move a group into like say would you swing, call up the pie creamers over? so like right pie now here's our uh, here's our group so we got Canada Finland Switzerland Germany Slovakia then we got in group B USA Russia Sweden Czech and Austria so that one's obviously pretty stacked so let's say we lose uh Switzerland Finland and Germany so you got a group of Canada and Slovakia I guess they would just swing two teams over into that group Creamers are getting a call. I don't know, but that makes you can't. I don't know. But then the pools are uneven. Yeah, I know exactly. I don't so does know that, what does really everyone the best answer is. I don't know. Do I'll you bring just, the Screegs with me too. Do you just play? Yeah, you just get a couple locals from Saskatoon. Yeah. To the People were saying like maybe Canada should be able to send two teams. I do sick. Like you know how they do it, like Canada black, Canada red, Canada white for like the U17s or something like yeah. that. I was thinking. The thing is, like, this situation, I wouldn't want it to be like equal teams. No, I'd want, like, oh, I'd want, I kind of like, would say equal. I'd want the Notre Dame Hounds and then the gas that, eh? Yeah, Notre Dame's down to one team. I don't know. I think it kind of takes I mean? away like, like the appeal, though. Like, I think I want a stack team because, like, what happens if you just get a Russia Finland final and you're like, well, this sucks. We could have been in this. <laughs> well, there's no fans anyway, so who cares? But what if they just combined all the countries? Just a random draw for teams. <laughs> just yeah. a draft. They just have eight. They just uh, they're down to six teams. They just say we're gonna scramble everything up. Remaining teams, uh, coaches, you're gonna do a draft, and I'll uh, we'll see what we end up with. Yeah, Turns what, out, Doc what if that goes extra... and plays for Germany. Yeah. <laughs> what if that? What if that extra team is just the best players that got cut from no matter what country? <laughs> the best players. You could do like the. That world's um, cup of hockey a couple yeah. of years back. You do you do the young stars. You get like Shane Wright, Connor Bedard together. They can form the young guns team. Maybe you get a team of uh, Kazakhstan. Top dub team, there? top uh, Q team. 
Top O teams. Yeah. There could have been a way they could have done it, but I don't know. Cool. It did uh did Brad Lambert make Finland? He did. Apparently he's nice. the first liner I've I've been reading on Twitter. So that'll be interesting. See if he gets some uh gets some meaningful minutes. I'm looking at the odds right now on sports interaction. Canada to win the tournament plus one oh eight. So if you put a hundred dollar bet down, it would pay out two hundred and seven dollars. So hundred and seven dollars profit. What do you guys think? Is that is that worth it? You second uh, best odds would go to Russia plus 359 so $100 bet gets you 400 I'll throw on Canada I'm, pr- I'm pretty confident I know I'm pretty confident too it's just not a huge huge but does, uh, to, uh, does Austria get a guy Austria Let, let's hear your prediction $100 bet gets you what 20 <laughs> yeah like 20k <laughs> 26k should yeah. be a lot higher in my mind but no, 26k yeah Dude, if oh they win, God. you should get into six figures. Yeah, yeah I, right. I agree for sure. That's soft from sports interaction. They're scared. Yeah, they are scared. Austria is uh, clearly the biggest. Yeah. Biggest dark sure horse. Next, okay. uh, next worst odds are Slovakia at plus five thousand. It's crazy how Slovakia is like always in the tournament. Like they've never been relegated. Hey? Never relegated. No mm-hmm. relegation happens this year either. So. Oh, so these teams are coming back? They're, they're set, yeah, because like, there's usually like that division division 1A, right? Oops. So and that's not happening this year, so they're locked yeah. in. The Americans should be loaded, though. Cole Caulfield, uh, Arthur Kaliev. Who else am I missing there, Chetty? There's there's a bunch of them. Um, Well, they got... Uh, Alex Turcotte will be back. What are those got, Michigan guys? They, they got Ottawa's first rounder on defense don't yeah, they jake sanderson um cam york's a good defenseman and then spencer knight who's you're gonna have two of the best goalie prospects in the world in Askarov and spencer knight man but the thing i look at is like usa's backup's just as good like i think dustin wolf's a terrific goaltender too wolf, wolf would start on canada i don't think he's as good as knight but no i'm not saying that but yeah. like that's what i mean like canada once again and like it doesn't matter because they produce so many goals, but every year they talk about the one weak spot. If there was a weak spot, it's just their goaltending. So yeah, last year that was kind of the case too. And then Joel Hofer kind of stepped up, right? Right at the right you time. Gotta, and... It's because you got to go with the dub guys, man. People finally realized it. Carter hot. Carter hot. However, RA says it got a hot. Well, should we segue into Bob? What did, what'd yeah. you guys think? Bob was pretty unreal to get him in. Hey, that was, that was a cool interview. He was so good, man. He was like, Especially when he could tell how excited we were about the World Juniors. Like, I, I watched the World Juniors too, man. You know, like, I remember when I was in Saskatoon and shit back in the day. I was watching that shit, man. Like, uh, you know, I watched World Juniors sick times, you know. I remember watching it Jordan Eberly days. That, that's when I watched the most. Like, those days, man. Eberly days. But recently. Yeah, Eberly was my favorite World Junior player to date, I think. It's a legend. That goalie scored against Russia. Well, with that analysis from DB, it's time to send it over to Bob, which is presented to you by our friends over at Player Golf. Friends, tis the season. Players' annual 12 Days of Player, which features unbelievable contests and giveaways, is on now. Make sure to head over to their Instagram to find out all the details. And uh, right now, guys, it's just a reminder to everyone out there to support local businesses as much as you can right now, whether that's even maybe a share on social media or just grabbing a couple small things for some stocking stuffers. Every little bit counts, so let's make sure we uh, support a brand like Player. And uh, for a little bit off your player order today, use the promo code Prairie20 to let them know we sent you. 
That's Prairie 20 for 20% off your order today over at playergolf.com. That's P-L-Y-R-Golf.com. And if you're as hungry for some player golf as we are right now, we'll be running a giveaway on our social media here coming this week, which includes some player gear along with some other uh, products for some local companies here in Saski. So make sure to be dialed into our Instagram at Prairie Perspective Podcast. But right now, it's time to send over to Bob. Welcome to the Prairie Perspective Podcast, an absolute legend within the hockey world who recently added yet another accomplishment to his Hall of Fame resume with his fourth book, Everyday Hockey Heroes, Volume 2. It's the original hockey insider himself, Bob McKenzie. Bob, thanks for taking the time. Hey, how you doing, guys? Thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. Let's, uh, let's get in your book. For you, like writing and collaborating on a project with Jim Lang uh, such as this, which really highlights some of the under-the-radar stories from within the game, has to be pretty rewarding. So I'm kind of curious, like, uh, upon looking back, what's maybe like the biggest thing that stands out to you? Well, there's a lot, really. Uh, you run, I wrote a book back 10, 12 years ago called Hockey Dad, True Confessions of a Crazy Hockey Dad, Crazy Question Mark. Uh, there wasn't much question, but I put the question mark in anyways. Um, but, you know, and that was a real labor of love. I really enjoyed that. And then, I don't know, seven, eight years ago, I did Hockey Confidential. And honestly, the primary motivation was because we needed a new kitchen at the cottage and the book would pay for it. Um, and I really enjoyed the finished product and I'm really proud of the book. But the process was really horrible because of that. I was really busy and it was crazy and, and it was affecting my health trying to get it done. And, and I realized you can't do a book for, to, to make money, to, to, to get paid. You, you have to have a passion for it. And if you don't, it's, it's too much like work when you've already got tons more work to do. So I decided after Hockey Confidential, that's it. My book writing days are over. Um, you know, it's a lot of work for relatively not a lot of money compared to what you could be doing other things to make more money with the time that it takes. So if you don't have, if you're not fully invested heart and soul um, in it, then it becomes really hard to do. So I hadn't planned on doing any books. And then Simon and Schuster came to me about three years ago, right around now and, and told me about this everyday hockey heroes idea that they had. And Jim Lang had already started working on it and had a couple of sample chapters. And I read the chapters and they were really good. And I found the stories to be really relevant, inspiring, um, some famous people, some not so famous people. And they explained the whole basis of the book to me. And I really kind of liked it. And, and th- this idea of, of trying to affect some positive change in the hockey community by telling stories of people maybe you don't know a hell of a lot about who've got an inspiring story. Um, and in many cases, you know, there were themes of diversity and inclusion and, and you know, doing stories on some of the people who might otherwise be marginalized by the hockey culture. So I really sort of jumped on board with that in, in part because I knew that Jim was going to do a lot more of the writing than I was quite frankly. And we joke about that all the time. I think there's 15 chapters in the book uh, plus the introduction. I wrote the introduction. I wrote the first chapter. Now it's a long first chapter. It's almost 10,000 words. So it's not like I didn't write anything. And I had huge input into who the chapters were going to be about in terms of suggesting names and subject matter. Um, but I think Jim did, so I did one of the 15 chapters. He, and there were two chapters where the people wrote them on their own. So Jim wrote 12 chapters, did the interviews for 12 chapters and wrote those 12 stories himself. 
So he's doing the heavy, heavy writing lifting. Um, I'm more involved in the editorial direction up front, my stuff and the promotion of the book. Um, but I'm really proud of the book and, and the opportunity to work with Jim and the editor at, at uh, Simon & Schuster, Sarah St. Pierre, who we refer to as sort of the heart and soul and conscience of the book because she really gets the whole premise of it. I want to ask you about some of the changes in the hockey world over the past year. We've like seen Don Cherry getting fired, um, Akeem Aliou, Bill Peters. Like, There's going to be some people within hockey who say they just want to leave it at hockey, right? And they don't want to bring that side of the game into it, whereas other people would say, if we're going to try and grow the game, diversity helps, right? What do you kind of make of the past year we've seen? Well, I think people who would say, ah, oh, you know what, I've, I've heard enough about this, you know, Black Lives Matter stuff. I've heard enough about LGBTQ. I've heard enough about diversity and inclusion. I just want to focus on hockey. Well, chances the person that's saying that is probably a white male who has the luxury and privilege to be able to say, yeah, I want to ignore all that other stuff because I just want to focus on the game. I just want to focus well what's on the ice. Um, well, you know what? So do the sort of sort of black players or black people or indigenous people or people of color. So do sort of members of the LGBTQ community. They would love nothing more than to have the opportunity and the privilege to say, yeah, I don't want to focus on exclusion or lack of diversity. I just want to focus on hockey. That's what they want to do too. But a lot of times they can't because they get marginalized because they aren't white and they aren't male. And so if, if you're a woman or if you're gay or if you're transgender or if you're black or indigenous or a person of color um, or a disabled person or whatever, um, there are impediments to you getting to the center part of the hockey culture at times. And so to anybody who comes up with that stock answer of, yeah, yeah, I understand all that other stuff, but I just want to concentrate on what's going on on the ice. I would maybe suggest that you need to read the book and realize that a lot of these people wanted to do just that and they couldn't because the hockey culture wouldn't allow them to. Um, and so there's a fight involved and the fight is to break down barriers, walls, ceilings, whatever the case may be. And, and it's very inspiring to read these stories because everybody that's the one thing about this book is whether the person is male, female, transgender, black, white, whatever color you want to pick, um, everybody's got an unbelievable passion for the game of hockey. That's the common denominator. Everybody loves the game. And some of these people love the game, even though they felt like the game was trying to push them out. And so, you know, it's inspiring to read their stories of how they got themselves back into the center instead of the margins. You kind of got into this, but your book is, it's all about people in hockey been marginalized. And I kind of thought of uh, Fred Sasakamus, who recently passed away. He yeah. kind of overcame growing up in residential schools, went on to become the first Indigenous player in the NHL with the Blackhawks. So I want to ask you maybe about Fred, if, uh, if there's something you'll kind of remember about his legacy. Well, yeah, I, you know, I think you summed it up in a nutshell. And, and obviously, for, for the longest time, he was the, you know, the most identifiable name and face for Indigenous people um, in, in the National Hockey League and to, to break the barriers that he did and, and, and as early as, as he did. And, and sort of his, his name is, is the symbol of, of, of that you know, effort for inclusion for Indigenous people. And there've been so many more that have that have come after him, but you know, like you know, Willie O'Ree breaking the color barrier, and uh, 
And so, yeah, it was very uh, poignant that, uh, that Fred passed away at a time when I think a lot of people are more focused on inclusion and diversity. I want to switch gears a little bit here to uh, your career as the insider, having all the in inside information. I read a story um, from Darren Drager about him accidentally burning Brian Burke on a draft night there. I'm curious about that whole uh, ins and out of the insider kind of position. <laughs> it's always kind of crossed my mind, like how you know this stuff before even teams or even players get notified what's going on within their own organizations. Yeah, it's kind of a weird dance. I mean, it's, it's hard to sum up in, short comment but um i don't know it's really just about when you're in the game for as long as i've been in the game you meet a lot of people you develop relationships um you know the i guess you develop a level of trust with people they know what your job is so they're well aware of that the, the good news for myself or darren Drager, or pierre lebron or any of the guys that do this kind of work is that historically people in hockey have loved to gossip <laughs> and they've loved to talk and 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 everybody it's human nature sometimes to have information and you can't wait to tell somebody about it even though maybe you're not supposed to you guys probably you guys all look like gossipers to me you know you got a little <laughs> bit of information how many times you've said to your friend okay don't tell anybody this but and then you tell them <laughs> and 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 when you tell that person you think they're not going to tell anybody and the other guy's like wow, that's unbelievable. And now you're bursting with this information and you want to say, well, don't tell, you tell somebody else, don't tell anybody, but I just heard this. And, and fortunately for us in the insider game, um, the same sort of thing happens with people who work for teams. Less now than it used to, I got to be honest with you. It's harder now than ever to do that job because more and more people fear for their jobs. They, they, they know if they get caught passing information outside the organization that, uh, that, that's going to be problematic. So what happens more now is as opposed to somebody from an organization actually leaking something from their own organization to you, they will say, hmm, kind of a weird thing. Somebody from another organization was just asking me about this player. Wonder why they'd be asking about that. And so now you go on a bit of an adventure to try and dig and, and get what you can. But uh, it's a funny business. And that story you talked about with Dregs, he, he, was, he was rushing up to the booth. He had information. He knew there was a trade happening. Brian Burke had given it to him, but didn't give him the green light to uh, to uh, to use that information uh, until uh, until the player had been told. And so, Dregs, as we all do, quite often we will prepare a tweet or an email or whatever, but not send it because we don't have the green light to send it from our source. And Dregs put the, to the tweet into his file. He dropped his phone, and when he dropped his phone, it somehow magically sent this tweet you you can't you couldn't even make this stuff up and he because I, I i said to him wow that that was a great scoop you got there and he goes what do you mean and i said the trade and, and he's like I, I didn't tweet about a trade i go yeah you didn't i showed him he's like oh no that wasn't supposed to happen i dropped my phone it must have sent so pretty funny did you ever have a incident like that at all yeah you know not exactly like that but um you know i've had I've had instances where somebody would say to me, somebody from a team would say to me, okay, uh, we, he'd say, we just made this deal or we just signed this guy. And you're like, okay, great. Thanks a lot. And you hang up and you, it takes like literally seconds to bang out the tweet and you tweet it. And then, so literally 45 seconds after this guy had told me about it, 
he called me back and said, Oh, I just need you to hold that for another five minutes if you could. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, that's a bit of a problem. It's, uh, it's out there already. And he's like, Oh, Oh wow. You're really fast. And I go, yeah. And, and that was that. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, there's, there's, there's stuff like that. And, and uh, there's probably some other ones too that you're, and, and quite frankly, it goes the other way sometimes. You know, if somebody from a team tells you, we just traded so-and-so, you assume they just traded so-and-so. And so, you know, in the old days, you'd have to go through editors and somebody to sign off on your work, but on social media, you just bang it out there. And then the person calls back five minutes later and say, yeah, there's a problem with the trade. I don't, I don't think it's gonna go through now. And you're like, oh man this is really bad now because I just reported it. And if it doesn't go through, people aren't going to, I can't go, Oh, well, the guy from the team told me it was going to go through and then it didn't. And they're like, people just say, yeah, you you got it wrong. So, you know, those, those are the ones where you hold your breath a little bit and you hope it goes through. I want to talk to you about something special in Canada. Usually happens on December 26th. This year it'll be happening on December 25th. It's when we wake up on Boxing Day and you get to hear James Duthie say, good morning, Canada. James Duthie alongside Bob McKenzie. Pretty sure I nailed that. And uh, we get ready for the World Junior Hockey. I mean, with the world we're living in right now, we haven't had the opportunity for a lot of hockey of late. So everyone's looking forward to the World Junior Tournament. Uh, I just kind of wanted to ask you like a general question. Like, what does it mean to you to be able to cover the World Juniors for so long? Well, Carter, that was so good that we may invite you to the bubble and uh, <laughs> you could you could maybe do the third game of the day when James and I are a little bit tired. You could uh, take my spot and uh, you could do the uh, the Austria-Slovakia game or whatever. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, you're right. The, the World Juniors are just a huge part of, of my career, have been a huge part of my career, and I'm closely identified with them because I've done it for so many years. TSN's had the World Juniors since 1991 but even before 91 I, I not a lot of people probably know this but in 1990 the CBC still had the rights to the world juniors it was in Helsinki and the broadcast crew for that world juniors was Don Whitman the late great Don Whitman was the play-by-play -play guy Scotty Bowman was the color commentator Brian Williams was the host and I was the between periods intermission guy uh, a role that I still have now so, um, yeah, and, and even before that, I, I, I went to the World Juniors in Anchorage, Alaska in 1989, saw Bure, McGillney, and Fedorov as the line for the, the Soviets back then. That was pretty special. So I've always loved the, uh, I've loved the tournament. I think it's some of the best hockey you'll ever see. Um, and obviously, the time of the year makes it even more special for Canadians. And the fact that it has become such a family tradition for people to watch games on Boxing Day or New Year's Eve or uh, the gold medal game or what have you. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. It's a weird one, obviously, because of the pandemic and all the uncertainty surrounding it. And I, and I guess there's part of me, I know we're planning and I know, you know, all the teams are gathering on, uh, on Monday, December 7th, the day we're doing this, this pod. Um, so all the teams are gathering all over the world for their camps. They're kind of sequestered and, and, uh, on the, they're all going to be in Edmonton on the 14th to begin the quarantine process there for four days before they're released into the bubble. So it's getting real now, but by the same token, because the numbers are just skyrocketing in Alberta and some of these teams, you saw the Swedes just lost a couple of key players. The Americans just lost a few players. 
um, because of uh, COVID restrictions and, and those players aren't able to be with their team starting today. Um, they're, they're out, those, those kids are out of the tournament. So I got my fingers crossed that we're going to get to the start, what I call the start line, which is December 14th for all these teams. And the tournament's going to go off without a hitch. And assuming it does, then um, this year is even more special from a broadcast point of view because I'll feel like that myself and James and Craig Button and Ray Ferraro and Gord Miller and all the people from TSN that are going, and some of them in, in many cases, some of them are going this week um, to get things set up, um, that you know, we're providing a real service above and beyond what we normally would because I think people, as long as this tournament can be put on safely, people desperately want and need to watch this hockey at Christmas. It's gonna be pretty spectacular if these games go off, even if they don't have fans. I gotta ask you about uh, obviously with us being from Saskatoon, we're gonna be big Connors area and big Adam Beckman fans who have came on our podcast and uh, supported us through this whole process. Um, just had a couple questions regarding them. Do you think they have any chance of cracking the roster this year? Uh, I think Zari's got a better chance than um, than Beckman. I'm not saying Beckman's got no chance, but it's a pretty deep team, um, and uh, it's not easy to secure a spot. And and I know you know. I remember when Connor Zari was, wasn't invited to the selection camp last year and he was not too happy about it. Yeah. He was a little pissed and off. He, he, yeah, he was, he was yeah. really pissy and, and it, which, which I love because, yeah. you know, it's, it's, you know, most kids, most teenage kids, if they don't get taken, they're like, oh, okay, well, you know, thanks for the opportunity. Uh, I wish I could have gone, but I'll, I'll be cheering the boys on. And he's like, oh, I think these guys made a mistake. I should be on that team and uh, or something to that effect. And, and then there were injuries and he got to go to the camp and he didn't make it. But nevertheless, um, that experience of getting to go to the camp really helps you. I think when you come back the next year, because you're not probably nearly as nervous as you were going in under the circumstances in which you went under last year. So I remember being at the camp in Oakville last year and, and seeing Connor come in and uh, played well, but didn't make the team. And, and I think he's got a real good shot to be, one of the 14 forwards um, this year. I want to ask you about a big headline around uh, the World Juniors recently here with uh, Lafreniere not um, being let go by the Rangers to play in this year's tournament. Um, if you were the GM of the Rangers, would you be letting your star player, franchise player, um, commit to this year's World Juniors? Um, probably not, but I, I ultimately I think I would talk to the player about it first and foremost. And, and honestly, I, I'm not going to sit here and I don't know for an absolute fact what the dynamic was, but I've got to believe that Alexi Lafreniere is probably thinking in his own mind, you know what, I went to the World Juniors two years ago um, and, and then last year I went, I won a gold medal, I was the best player in the tournament, I dominated it. All things being equal, the NHL season could start as early as as mid-January. I could be in a training camp here right after Christmas. Um, I think he probably feels like, and, and because he's a late birthday and he already played, you know, three full years of, of major junior hockey, he probably thinks to himself, I've done everything I can at the junior level. And sure, it would be great to win another gold medal and it would be fun to go and, and go to the camp with the guys and what have you. But I think his entire focus is on being a New York Ranger and playing in the NHL. And, you know, everybody's going to talk about injuries. And injuries are always a factor. But Chicago Blackhawks aren't worried that Kirby Doc's going 
going to get injured. He's, he's there and, and he's going to be on the team. So I don't have a problem with the Rangers or Lafreniere in this instance, just saying, you know what, he's an NHL player now. It's time to move on from, from junior hockey. Would have been great to see him on the team, but it just opens up a spot for somebody else. For us, uh, we all remember the 2010 tournament in Saskatoon, which in my eyes kind of gets lost a bit in the grand scheme of things. Everly scores twice in the final uh, couple minutes there, sent it into OT before John Carlson won it in, uh, won it for the U.S. I'm curious uh, what you remember from that tournament. Yeah, just, you know what, what I remember mostly is is the fact that Everly was just so good. I mean, you know, and if you saw on TSN, they did recently like the top 25 world junior players of all time and Everly's top five, if I remember correctly. Um, he was, you know, what he did in Ottawa the year before, he was just so clutch, especially in that, uh, in that, uh, semifinal game against the, the Russians when he scored the tying goal and then he scores in the shootout and, and, and Canada wins a game. They had no business winning. The Russians should have had that one nailed down. But I think it was, I want to say it was Kulikov that iced it. Maybe I forget who iced it exactly, but. Um, they got their face off, and then next thing you know, Gord's yelling, "Can you believe it?" And Pierre's saying, "Yes, I can." <laughs> and um, but I, I remember back-to-back years, just Eberly being so so good. And you're right that that game was lights out good, so exciting. One of the one of those World Junior games that gets lost a little bit because Canadians tend to remember the World Junior games where Canada wins more than when they lose. But that was a game for the ages, just back and forth and. Uh, and, uh, and then, you know, and if, if I remember correctly, I think Eberly or somebody, I'm trying to remember, maybe you guys remember it better than I do, but right before Carlson went down and scored, Canada missed on a great opportunity. Yeah, Canada I think they had an odd man rush. Yeah, there. it was a counter, yeah. counter attack. Or, yeah. yeah. Didn't someone so stick that. break or something like that? I want to say it was an odd man. That was, that, that might have been the fin, it might have been there, but the, the that happened in, uh, the game against Finland in, oh, in the overtime one. where uh, I want to say Noah Dobson's stick broke yeah. on, a, on a wide open one-timer on a two-on-one and then the, the Finns came back down the other way and scored. Right, right. Good okay, times. Bob, we'll, uh, we'll end with some uh, seven rapid fires here. Okay. Who wins this year's tournament? Don't make predictions. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, how many outdoor NHL games do you think we see this season? Uh, I think probably one. Okay. I think winter, uh, and I'm going to say whatever they decide to do, winter classic. The the idea that all these teams are going to play outdoors to try and get around having fans, I just can't see them all pulling that together quick enough. So I think there'll be the NHL will probably try to have one outdoor game, and uh, that's just a guess. Though I'm an outsider more than an insider now that I'm semi-retired. <laughs> Does Ovi crack uh, Gretzky's goal record? I'll say no. Does Shane Wright make the team? Uh, I think he's probably a long shot, really good player, and I think he's going to tear the OHL apart this year. But because you've got guys like Kirby Dock and and so many returning players up front, um, I think he still might be hard-pressed as a 16-year-old to make it this year. If we do, in fact, see this all-Canadian division, who finishes 1-2-3 after the regular season? See, now you're back to predictions again. Predictions, predictions. <laughs> you, you, you know what? You guys have a better idea of how it will go than I do. <laughs> uh, for those that don't know, your son, Sean, and Mike are both in the hockey business with Mike, uh, the general manager and head coach of the Rangers on the OHL, and then Sean, a broadcaster of Sportsnet. Say they swap jobs. Would Mike be a better broadcaster than Sean would be a head coach and GM? 
<laughs> uh, I don't think either one of them would be angry <laughs> at, the, at the others. <laughs> uh, Sean would want to probably put cement heads on the ice all the time. And, uh, um, and uh, Mike, I've seen some of his post-game interviews and he'd have to work on his delivery a little <laughs> Good question, though. Last one uh, here. You're known as Bobby Margarita. I know you got the Margaritaville mixer. If we're to have uh, one margarita this holiday season, what's your recommendation for the boys? A margarita? You know what? Just go to, um, just Google Martha Stewart margarita recipe. And she's got a great uh, margarita recipe. And if, you know, he, I, I, do, I don't know that there's a such thing as, as a non-frozen margarita in, in Saskatchewan in, uh, in January. <laughs> Because I'm sure you'll be watching the game outdoors, you know, like, like real men. <laughs> but uh, the the Martha Stewart recipe for margaritas, basic margaritas, is pretty good. Well, Bob, I was a loyal listener of the Bobcast, and was sad to see it go. So this was really cool to have you back on, and uh, thank you so much for taking the time. We hope you're able to enjoy your semi-retirement. And Everyday Hockey Heroes Volume Two is available wherever you get your books. And to all our listeners, let's help out Bob and get him ahead of Duffy in the bestsellers list. There. It's, <laughs> <laughs> got some time here to to read a book and this one is definitely well worth your time so bob thanks again i appreciate it thanks carter eric and matthew and uh thanks for having me on really appreciate it and you're right it, it really hurts that duffy's ahead of me on the rest of the <laughs> what can not, i say not for long and, 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 and in fairness his book is very very good so he did a good <laughs> job on it i should point out too though there is a chapter on me in there so that might be the reason why yeah, that's what exactly. i'm telling james anyways Again, big thanks to Bob for taking the time. That's one for the history books for us with an absolute legend who was uh, super gracious with his time. Can't thank him enough. And uh, yeah, let's keep it moving here, boys. Dinesh, you're excited to talk about some NBA drama here. What what's uh, what do you got for us? James Harden partying with a little baby on his birthday. What do you think, Eric? Good move oh. for an absolute idiot. Great move. Who would turn down a party with a little baby? I don't know. I don't know if there's a better rapper out there right now to party with than little baby. Drip too hard, him and Gunna, you know. Yeah, I don't know, man. I I think that's what separates like James Harden from taking it to the next level is <laughs> being known as like a a great to being a guy who's just kind of an idiot and is really good at basketball. Yeah, this like, doesn't really help his perception at all. Like, uh, but DB, did you see what he gifted little baby? Yeah, didn't he buy him a three three hundred rack uh bag or some shit? He bought it. I don't know. He had like some designer bag, but he's all he he filled it with a hundred k cash, and little babies kept calling. Oh, brother, you got me a honey bun. <laughs> <laughs> you got me a honey bun. I guess that's what uh forty one mil will do for you, man. Yeah, good God. But I think uh, now that he's back, he finally reported, and he's got to pass some COVID tests. But I think like he's kind of over that uh, ego spiel. And he's going to get kind of ready to work now. Like, dude, if I'm a guy on that team, like I'm annoyed. Like if yeah. I'm like Eric Gordon, if I'm PJ Tucker, like a vet that kind of has a voice in that locker room, I'm like giving him some gears here. I'm like, James, like, what the fuck are you doing? Training camp started here, buddy. It's a little yeah, baby's literally. birthday. Yeah. Like, come on, man. Like, are you a veteran in this league and supposed to be yeah. known as a good player and a good like guy? And then you go do something like that. That's like a 19 year old, something like an eight, like, I don't know. Like that like, just, yeah. Here, here's would be like my thing. They got a new head coach there this year, correct? 
D'Antoni's yep. gone. Who who's the new guy there? I'm blanking. Silas, Chris Silas or something. He's okay. his first So this yeah. guy, this Chris guy, he has to absolutely lock down the lock. Because I bet if Mike D'Antoni is the head coach there, James Harden isn't doing that shit. This Chris oh, guy, no he way. needs to put his foot down and make it known that uh, you know, like this is my team. James, you're the superstar. But uh I set the rules around here. But you think you see what like John Wall did, like the minute he got in there, he just got to work. And I don't really think he cares about what James Harden's doing. Regardless, is he there or not? He's like get ready to get after him. Same with Demarcus Cousins, and I bet you the. I think the rest of the guys are like, you know what, man? We thought we had a good guy in James, but turns out he's actually a douchebag. <laughs> a lot of people are saying though, like James is just doing it to piss off like uh, Tillman Fertitta and those guys like in charge of the team, and then like try force his way out in a way, like just by being a shit. Yeah, man, in my opinion, the that's the wrong way of going out. Yeah, the that's business. the wrong so, way. One hundred percent, and then like. It just hurts your own trade value. Like, when if you're you like Brooklyn, like, like, why do I want to bring this guy in? He cares more about little baby. If he was a guy that's dedicated to his craft and really truly shown that he wants to win a championship, yeah, I'm more intrigued and traded for him. Yeah. Do you like, think that's his, his tactics on this one, though? Like, you think James Harden is just doing this to piss him off, or you think he's just being a selfish? I would say there's a good chance that I he think probably he does want to piss selfish. him off. I, I, I think would assume he's, he's being selfish. selfish, but you could say that he's being selfish and doesn't want to report. They kind of run hand in hand, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. This is, I think this is the problem with the NBA, though. The players have more it's power a players, than the it's owners. A players run league, right? Yeah. But I think there the is like a line there. Like they need to kind of like this is too far. This is but like <laughs> when you're a superstar in the league, you can't be like, I want to go to Philly. That's the only team I'm going to, and I'm like, not showing up. <laughs> like imagine Sidney Crosby, baby. Eric. You're a big Crosby guy. Crosby's in the club with a little baby right before camp's about to start. Well, he'd probably be officially officially like number one all the time on my list and i see him bang it up with a little baby in the camp. but uh yeah no I'd, I'd actually look at him completely different like i'm thinking like the crosby is like the shit around canada hockey like he's the man he's the greatest hockey player of all time i would look at him differently i'm like man this actually like hurts your your image like even like lebron all the kids james growing up looking at you like this is not it lebron james there's no chance he's doing this i was well, trying not idiot. to bring up lebron james in this because, because lebron's Eric like Gold. a whole different car- caliber than uh yeah lebron if lebron you does it you kind of like you, lebron's fine like lebron's gonna be okay you know he's a professional he's gonna be do you know but what I mean? That, that, that's what I'm saying. Like LeBron yeah. is like so much more like smart and like I guess respectful to his craft that he would never do something like that, regardless yeah. of like. I got a quote. James Harden just seems like, I don't know. I think it was just all ego, man. He's like, I don't have to show, and if they find me, so be it. Like I don't want to be here. I'll pay the fine, <laughs> whatever it is. We were talking a bit of John Wall there. We have to get into that blockbuster trade that's seen him dished off that contract that for so long everybody thought was unmovable. He gets traded for Russell Westbrook. Very intriguing deal. A couple point guards swapping big city markets. The end of the James Harden, Russell Westbrook era. Last, it lasts a year. TB, what did you think of it? I thought it was a fairly a mono for mono trade. I mean, I guess they just wanted to see a different face in the role pending that John Wall's a wild card because he's been injured. But so far, like, I guess he's uh, played for a preseason game first time. Uh, but if you just take both of those guys from their, I guess, pre-injury, John Wall and Russell Westbrook, they're two elite guards. So I think they just 
traded one for another. I think John Wall is going to come back this year and prove it. And uh, they just kind of, they just wanted to see a new face. And it looks like Russell Westbrook's happy as hell to be there. And John Wall's, I guess, equally as happy to be in Houston, but wouldn't have been sad if he stayed in uh, Washington. And then I guess they sent a pick too, I guess. So that's a little bit of a bonus. Yeah, the, but... the pick is pretty lottery protected. It doesn't really have a ton of implications, I don't think. Um, I, I think the, the upside move is probably from Houston. Like, I think you know what you're going to get with Russell Westbrook, right? Like, he's a pretty safe player. You're kind of going to get the guy who demands the ball in his hands. Um, you know, he puts up 25, 10, and 7, kind of does his thing. Maybe there isn't a ton of upside there. You kind of know his limitations. John Wall, there's a lot of risk. He's coming off the torn Achilles. But maybe if he kind of returns to what he was kind of in Washington there, maybe he kind of can turn that team into something. But I think for right now, I would say that Washington's the winner of the trade. They should be one of the better teams in the East. They kind of move from a, a fringe playoff team, in my opinion, to a team that could probably be in that five, four, five range. I don't know. Toronto, there is still some question marks there with them. Still don't love Philly. I don't know where you kind of think Washington slots in, but. Yeah, I think it'd be like uh, anywhere in that five to five to seven, seven kind of range. Yeah. 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 Cause the top four might be a lock Toronto's maybe not, but like Boston, Miami and uh, Bucks, And then that Toronto, then you Philly. got Brooklyn, you got Brooklyn yeah. rumbling in there. Yeah, and then Toronto, Brooklyn, Philly, Brooklyn. Brooklyn could Those be a shit show, I yeah, think. I think Brooklyn like, I Brooklyn, Brooklyn's, gonna look like. Like Brooklyn's got some upside for sure, but that thing could go sideways in a hurry. Both yeah, of those guys KD have would dealt be with like, some yeah, injuries. I'm for the opponent. <laughs> like, I'd Kyrie like to look at Kyrie's game. games played, like, the past five years. I feel like he's missed a lot. Last year, what did he play? 35 games, maybe? Well, and then he just opted out for returning to the bubble when the rest of his team was playing. He just said, I'm not doing it. Yeah, and now he's being a meathead and not taking any media. <laughs> <laughs> guy's a clown. <laughs> he's like, I don't need to talk to you guys. <laughs> the earth is flat. That's all I got to say. And then they find him. Uh, 25 Gs. Yeah, and he's like, you better do something for the world with that 25 Gs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then people are like, why don't you just talk to the media and then do what you want with the 25 Gs? But why does he need to? See, like, I don't... at that point, like, he has a point for that, like, that fine, that sentence, that statement. I agree, like, whatever. Hey, find me 25 Gs, do something good with it. But him not showing up to the media, that's just being an idiot, man. Like, that's part of your job if you're a sports athlete. Yeah, like, I don't know, the whole, like, I, I guess, like, don't get me wrong, talking to the media every day would definitely be annoying if you're a player, but, like, it's in your contract you have to talk to the media. Like, you can't just, like, get pissed off if you don't talk to the media and then they find you. That's part of your job, man. Yeah. That's like going to work and saying, like, I'm not doing this task that I have to do. <laughs> yeah exactly i don't work after lunch like there's a reason why these guys get paid so much money and it's because like the television deals are so incentivized right at the end of the day it's a media like it's an entertainment product i think sometimes that's kind of lost on some of these guys and at least the media uh, is kind of there to provide entertainment right it's promoting product granted you could say that the storyline coming out of this is just as interesting yeah like it's almost as interesting of a narrative narrative as uh, what he would have said in a press conference, but at least just say like, next question, next question. Or at least I'm not here. I'm just here. So I don't get fined. When I yeah, those classic yeah ones. exactly. Yeah. Even though he'll get fined for that, but like, you know <laughs> what I mean? But did just Lynch like get fined for saying that. I don't think he did. I don't no. think he did. Cause he showed up and he like, followed the rules. Uh-huh. 
and <laughs> you got to think of like how much uh, media attention that got. So imagine if you just would have said Skittles, like Skittles would have loved him. <laughs> yeah, I think Kyrie's in that position now where it's like he thinks that the ball is in his court, no matter how much money they uh, take away from him. It's not going to do much for him. So, I mean, hey, he'll just go as, do what he can for as long as he can, I guess. Like, they keep taking 25 uh, racks from him. That's nothing, man. Like, but, no, I don't know. Steve Nash just got to say something like, dude, <laughs> fucking wake up. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That'll be interesting to see how much voice Nash can have over those two. They're both guys that like we talked about before it's a players run league and those are two guys that are right kind of at the head of that movement but yeah i'm actually looking forward to it though because i'm really looking forward to seeing uh how brooklyn plays like i'd love to see brooklyn play good just because of steve nash canadian like star for canada's canadian sports like to see him at the helm and leading a team up the ranks like that'd be kind of sick but you just never know. It could be unreal because those two guys are unreal talents and they can play well with each other if they try, but they could also just be meatheads. <laughs> then... Kyrie's just really not a guy that I can get behind. Like I, I'd love to see KD kind of come back and do some things on the court. Noted Washington football team fan, but um, yeah, I don't know. Kyrie, man, that guy's a lot to handle. Yeah. Guy, guy makes $96,000 a day. Yeah. So 25 racks. I think can do not like they find him 25 G's. That's nothing, man. You How many games are here? 82, 82 usually. I don't know if they'd continue to up the fine. Or how yeah, okay, work, up the fine a little no, bit. No, no, I know. I'm just, just I'm keep just winning. Makes $427,000 a game. No, eventually I think he'll turn around. I think he's just doing it for, I guess. Uh, <laughs> it's not like he's just going to do this the whole time. You really think he's never going to attend the media this year? Honestly, it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> he's an idiot. <laughs> See, that's another example. Like hockey player would be like the organization, like your GM would walk down, Brian Burke would be like, Kyrie, get the fuck in the media room. You know what I mean? Yeah, these GMs are scared. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's, it's crazy. They all, it's gone the off players, the rocker. The cheapest paid player on the court probably makes the same as the GM. He's probably, they'd always probably make fun of him like he's a pigeon. Then the owners <laughs> are probably not there and are irrelevant. Unless yeah, you're like most, Mark most Cuban, owners aren't really. Yeah, most owners aren't really like Cuban and are like involved in the day-to-day operations. Usually when you have an owner that's kind of really involved, usually doesn't work out too well. No. Like you, you kind of, yeah. Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones, how's that worked out, Chetty? Oh, now you want to talk to me. Yeah, let's get into it. Uh, uh, actually, I read a little blog today that uh, he's, he's thinking about stepping down, so it's probably a good idea. Give it to his son or... He's going to let Dak go and then step down. No, I don't know what they're going to do. How, how uh, insightful is Steven? Oh, I don't know, man. I hope he's nothing. It's, just, <laughs> it's, it's so hard, man. I love him. I love the Cowboys, but it's so hard being a Cowboys fan most times. Um, but big win today. So we want to talk about that. Big win today. Yeah, Cincinnati, yeah, congratulations. Hey, man. Hey. It's tough when you're going against uh, the juggernaut NFC beast. It is the Washington football team's division. Now boys, I like can't get over how excited uh, I am right now. Like last Monday night, getting that win over the previously undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers. One of the greatest wins, like since RG three kind of arrived in 2012. I'm trying, I'm trying to think of like a bigger win that like that has to be top five. It was an unbelievable moment. I was buzzing. 
um, really just put a like a, a statement uh, to the league. And then today it just keeps coming, man. Chase Young displaying why he's the second overall pick in this year's draft. He was an absolute force on that football field. He's going to be a force for years to come off the edge. Dak Prescott, whenever he uh, gets healthy, he's going to be nervous. But Jalen Hurts, Chetty, did you get a chance to check out Hurts? See it all today? I did. I'm a, I'm a little did. nervous. He's a lot more uh, threatening than Carson man, I has said, looked. I, you know what? I'm in, I'm dumb because I said – I said last week on like Friday, I just said, I think the Washington football team is going to beat the Steelers bet on it. One big money this week when they announced Jalen hurts was starting. I said, I think the Philadelphia Eagles is going to beat the new Orleans saints. And, and I, you're a coward. Trust, you're I a coward. trust myself. I know. Sometimes I know. I'm going to trust the gut. I know. But I'm anyways, a little nervous. Looked, how, good did he, how good did he look though? And how comfortable did he look? I think it's got to be a rallying point for that team, right? Like, there's clearly those guys. It's like, what are we doing? Saints here? were ten and two. They just beat a ten yeah. and two. So, team. To be fair, I don't think the Saints are very great. Neither that, do I. Taysom Hill problems got to stop. I don't, like know, if, I don't know if Drew Brees is that much better though. But like, they have Jameis, don't they? Yeah. The Why thing not is, play Jameis? Sean he's Payton good. is like, like no, I think he's, he's pretty. Uh, Jameis is good. Probably James better is than Taysom not, Hill. Oh, he I mean, sucks, man. He threw thirty picks last. Look, you're comparing to Taysom Hill though. Well, Taysom Hill doesn't make massive mistakes like Jameis Winston. Well, put Jameis in that <laughs> offense and see what he does. They haven't played yeah, no, him yet. I agree with you. But I think, like, the thing is, it's kind of like an arrogant thing with Sean Payton. Like, he's invested so much time and, like, resources into Payton. He doesn't want to just – or into um, Taysom Hill, sorry. Like, he doesn't want to just give up on him, right? Because that kind of looks bad on him. But at the end of the day, he's not a quarterback. Where, where did you see uh did you see that stat it was like most picks since 2017 and winston's still <laughs> winston's, third on the yeah, list it's crazy, yeah. <laughs> that like tampa team golf, he played on was ass but he had a golf, lot of touchdowns uh, wentz and then winston okay I'll, let's ask you guys right now who comes out of the nfc who's your pick i'm saying oh, the rams you're saying the rams i think yeah. the rams would be my choice too yeah. I don't like that how green bay's played the last i hate while. jared goff but i think if he can just kind of stay within himself not try and force anything. Yeah. Pick, I think Tampa could be in there too. I think Tampa's kind of turning it on now. And I think Suits, like close, closer gets the young season here, crunch time. I think Tom will have those boys on a, on a tight rope and they'll be just pushing towards that goal of the final. Eh? Yeah. Tom go, Brady will turn it up. I, I, I disagree. Bay. I don't think Tampa is very good. I think Tampa. Like Dan Bailey missing that... four field goals today. Like that, that game should have been a lot closer. That was yeah. hilarious. I don't know. I just don't think Tampa's that great. I think they should be the best team and realistically they should come out, but I don't know. Like I'm where does Tom Brady where does Tom Brady rank? Like where would you say he is, like in terms of this quarterbacks year? in the league? Yeah. The off this year's you can't obviously he's the greatest of all time, but where is he right now? Like how many quarterbacks do you think you'd say going forward the rest of the season would you rather have him ahead of him? Like is he like fifteen? Yeah, I'd, give, I would I'd say even, close I'd to even 10. Say, I'd say 10. Really? That still feels high to yeah. me. I could name, yeah. I don't know. I'd maybe would, would you rather have seven. Tom or Lamar Jackson? Tom. Kate Baker Mayfield. Tom. I would take Tom over Lamar. He's looked really shaky, but Mayfield makes things interesting for me. The only ones I think I'm they're not... kind of playing like similar football. You give the like edge and brain and experience to Tom. He's not going to get rattled at the moment, but Baker's been pretty steady leading that offense. I actually like the Browns a lot. I'm going to say Tom's closer to a five. I don't oh, know. There's not many I'd take to him. Are you kidding? I would obviously take Deshaun, Russell, pa- Patty looked like dick today. But who would you? Patty. Aaron. Aaron's the MVP. Aaron, obviously, Aaron. I yeah. was actually looking at the MVP odds last night, and I was like, uh, interaction, it was like 
Aaron was like four to one. And I was like, that's pretty nice. Okay. Who are you taking besides Deshaun? Okay. Patty. Are you taking Kyler Murray? Kyler Murray's hurt no, right now. I'm taking Tom. Kirk Cousins or Tom? Tom. Tom. Matt Kirk Stafford. Tom. Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford just got hurt. Tom. Tom. I'm taking Justin Herbert over Tom. No. Justin yeah. Herbert. No. No, so that guy has improved it, man. Oh. Dude, he's been lights out all year. Herbert Dude, over no. Tom Brady. Yeah, lights out all year, but can't get the job done. I'm saying there's team. four quarterbacks I'd take over Tom right now. Dude, really? Tom has Tom yeah. has three lethal receivers that he didn't have when he was in New England. Like he was really good in New England, but on Tampa, and he has a tight end. He has Chetty, four people. You agree with me, right? Herbert over Tom all day. Uh well, in a playoff game, I mean, really, I you're taking Tom, hey? Dude, it's the playoffs. Herbert's never played in the playoffs. Ah, uh, it doesn't. Yeah, guys are rookie. And the Tannehill? guy loses I'm every taking close Ryan game. Tannehill over Tom Brady. Oh too. my God, you've lost it. You know, no, like I love Tom more than anybody. I like. Uh, I like. Clearly not, man. Tannehill, Five other guys you like. Better. Tannehill's good. <laughs> no, I Tannehill's meant more than anybody else. Like he probably has the best supporting cast in the league right now. He has an unbelievable offensive line. He has Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, OJ Howard's hurt. He has Gronk, who's looked solid lately. Oh, how could I forget? You know who's better than Tom? Dak, Josh Allen. Allen. Josh Allen. Josh Allen's an easy one. I'm taking Tom over the playoff. Yeah, man, honestly, Big Ben. Like I was telling, uh, (laughs) he looks bad, man. If if this if Pittsburgh had like. A Jalen Hurts at starting quarterback right now, that team might not lose a game. Are you taking Jalen Hurts going forward? Uh, like over Tom Brady? Yeah, for the rest of no. the season? No, Tom Brady. But <laughs> Jared, Goff. Jared Goff or Tom Brady? No, Tom. I, I can't stand Jared Goff. Man, you guys are really still believers. I just can't get myself there. I'm, I've uh, The ship has sailed for me. My current team right now, there's four guys that take over Tom. Going into I, take, I think I'm at like seven. I take over Tom. So I am under 10. Andy Dalton. <laughs> Dwayne Haskins. How about Mitch Trubisky after today's performance? Trubisky's kind how of rolling. How about his QBR? How about his QBR compared to Mahomes man. and Watson? Yeah, today he was sick. Though. He's oh, probably yeah. the best quarterback today, no? Who outperformed him today? Uh, Drew Locke had a good day. Tua Tagovailoa had a good day. It was okay, yeah. Josh Allen's looking pretty good. Yeah, Tua would have had a better day if it was... Allen had that... Did he have... Yeah, Allen had that uh, pick, though. Butterfingers. Yeah, he's got one. Aaron Rodgers had four total touchdowns, 290 yards. Rodgers is the MVP entering this week. See what happens. But Mahomes has a chance to make a statement against New Orleans. That's kind of the marquee game of the week. And I think that's a, a good segue right into our picks, boys. Eric, Roland, you're, best, you're the best of the week this week. Three and one. Moving up to 21, 26 and one into a tie for second with Dinesh, who slides after going two and two. Eric, you hit on... The Bills, Colts, and Bucks. None of us had the Chiefs game right. Dinesh, you last-minute pivot to the Raiders, and that Colts game kind of cost you there. Otherwise, you would have kept pace with Eric. Meanwhile, I uh, really struggled there. One and three, one of the worst weeks of the year. Not pleased about that. And then Chetty, two and two. Fall into the basement, but a uh, chance to make it back this week. And uh, let's start with that marquee game of the week. As I mentioned, Chiefs at Saints. These are two of the best teams all year, and – uh They'll get the chance to battle it out. Chiefs, four-point favorites on the road. New Orleans coming after that uh, loss against the Eagles while the Chiefs took down Miami. What do you guys think? Chetty, let's go to you first here, baseman boy. Yeah, last place. Need a big week. Um, 
Four point favorite for the Chiefs. I got to roll with the Chiefs. Um, Patty had a little bit of issue against Miami, but I don't think that uh, New Orleans will be able to put up a ton of points. I think Breeze is coming back for that game, if I'm not mistaken, but uh, I'm still going to roll with the Chiefs. I think they're going to beat them by double digits. Yeah, got to roll with Chiefs just because I don't know what status is on Breeze, and uh, you never know what this quarterback they got over there. And probably Patty Mahomes is probably pissed off that he couldn't lay a beating to the Dolphins. So they're going to steamroll Chiefs. I'm going to stick with the trend here and go with the Chiefs. Um, That Taysom Hill guy is not a quarterback. Maybe Jameis Winston was playing. I'd probably uh, go with the Saints on this one. But for those reasons, KC. So let me let me uh, ask you a question here. If Winston starts, yeah, I'll you switch. pick Judge Kane. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Got that documented. Okay. I have to stay with the Chiefs here too. I don't really care who comes back. I'd actually maybe be a little intrigued to see the Jameis show too, but I don't think Breeze Hill too much of a difference there. They both kind of have their downsides. Maybe get a little more upside with Hill, but Breeze didn't look really good all year. He's kind of got a little noodle arm going. So I'll uh, stay with the Chiefs. I think uh, I'm not putting too much into their tight one against the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins are a good team and I think they're playoff bound. Let's go to another couple teams fighting for their lives. This is the definition of a loser leave town matchup is uh, my guy, Bill Simmons would say bears at Vikings Vikings four point favorites at home. Both teams entering Sunday at six and seven in the game back of the Cardinals Vikings let one slip uh, in their loss to the box. Thanks to Chetty's boy, Dan Bailey and uh, the bears. They bounce back with their win over Houston. Eric, we'll go to you here. First resident bears fan. How are you feeling here? Oh, the Bears, baby. Uh, Mitch was slinging this week, putting up numbers wherever the guy could. Bears defense is lethal. Cousins and company won't have any match for this Bears team come Sunday. Yeah, I got to roll with the Bears, too. You know, they're coming off a win, coming in hot. Their defense is uh, lethal, looking pretty good. And they've, uh, you know, won me a couple games this year. So got to stick to it, Bears. I'm going to pivot. I'm going to go Vikes. Um, Delvin Cook, I think he'll be able to run a few screens over top of Mac and uh, the rest of the defensive line and get some yards. Plus, they're at home. They don't have to go to that Chicago stadium. Let's go, Vikes. One of my uh, rules, gambling rules, is never bet on Kirk Cousins. I did it today, and it failed me. So, in theory, I should be going with the Bears, but I do not like the Bears either. I have to trust the Vikings, Justin Def- Jefferson and Adam Thielen, both just horrendous performances that he couldn't get anything done. Maybe you blame that on Kirk, but I'm going to place this one solely on Dan Bailey. I think I, my bet on Kirk Cousins was fair. I think he's going to bounce back, but if he doesn't, I will never bet on the Vikings again. I'm going to, I mean, I have faith. Speaking of faith, oh, <laughs> the football team, I got faith in the boys are buzzing. As I mentioned, uh, but I'm a little concerned who's under center. I feel a lot more confident with Alex Smith than I do Dwayne Haskins. A little concern over Alex Smith's leg. Sounds like a calf strain. Not really sure about his status for this one, but Washington, a pivotal clash. If they can get one on the Seahawks here, the NFC East might be all locked up there. Playing host of the Seahawks, Seahawks, four and a half point favorites. Chetty, what do you got? Uh, I'm, I'm going to pick Seattle just because I can't stand the football team. 
they are rolling right now. If Dwayne yeah, Haskins, are. if Dwayne Haskins is playing quarterback, there is zero chance. If he Haskins can't, he, is quarterback, this line should go to 11 and a half. Yeah. Like if Haskins is quarterback, <laughs> I, you won't be able to throw Dwayne. the ball. Poor Dwayne. Um, therefore I'm going to go Seattle just because I think Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, I think they're playing with a little more intensity. Now I think Pete Carroll got the boys rolling. They had a trap game to get today against the jets beat them. And uh, now I think they're going to try and clean house to get into the playoffs and roll that playoffs. Yeah. I got to roll with the, the Seahawks too. You know, that team's just on another level comparing to uh, Washington, but, and, uh, they're playing some meaningful games like is Washington, but just have confidence in uh, Wilson over any of those quarterbacks over there in uh, Washington. Uh, maybe we're on this one. I mean, go Seahawks too. You got to trust Russ Wilson under center. I know he's had some off weeks the last couple, maybe with the exception of this one, uh, stomping the Jets, but you just don't know who's under center for that football franchise. Love their defense. Love what they're doing on that side of the ball, but I don't know. Still too big of a question mark uh, from the offensive standpoint. I appreciate the respect, Eric. Really do. Both time uh, this team's team. getting some respect, and I think they're going to keep getting more respect because they're going to stun America. They're going to stun the world Sunday morning. They're going to wake up feeling dangerous, and uh, I think they can get it done. Really hoping Alex Smith can be under center, though. That guy, you just you just feel calm when he's under when he's under center. Dwayne Haskins, I just cannot say the same thing. Every snap is an adventure with that guy. And uh, I'm really concerned about the future for Dwayne. I don't know if uh, there is much of one for him in Washington. Let's stick with the NFC East here. Eagles, they're heading out to Arizona to take on the Cardinals. Cardinals, six-point favorites down in the desert. Uh, a lot of people, including myself, are pretty down in the cards this week against the Giants. Kyler Murray's been pretty shaky lately. But while Murray's been down, Jalen Hurts has been up, as we allude to. Chetty, what do you think? Six point favorites for the cards. Do you think they can uh, cover that line, or are you looking? Are you liking Philly to get it done? Um, well, once again, NFC East team, so I can't yeah. pick the can't pick the Eagles. Okay, okay. Screw them. But uh, I don't know. The Cardinals defense they played really good against the Giants. Now, obviously, I mean, I, hey, take hey, that hey, with a grain hey, of salt. Hey. Take that with a grain of salt. Hey, hey, hey. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna pick the. I'm gonna still pick the Cardinals. Six and a half is a lot, but. Uh, or sorry, six is a lot, but I just think that, I don't know. I think they're, because the Cardinals are barely, like they're barely hanging in there as well. They got to win some games here. So, and I can't pick the Eagles. I can't stand the Eagles. Doug Peterson needs to get fired. Easy partner. Easy. Got to go with the Eagles here, man. That guy, Jalen Hurts, man, he's sick. Remember watching him in college, man? That guy was sick. You know, big name. What's your school to go to, Bala? Uh, Oklahoma. This guy played at Oklahoma. Where the hell else did he play? Freaking Alabama or what? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there, there you go. go. Yeah. So he's sick, man. So, like, uh, he's getting – people are sleeping on him, you know? And uh, not really a big fan of uh, the opposing team. So I uh, got to go Eagles here because uh, fly, Eagles, fly, you know? <laughs> I'm torn on this one. I don't know. I'm not a big Kyler fan. Arizona's a nice team. Why don't you guys like Kyler? I just don't like him. I don't know what it is. Because like, he lost like me a game. On the football field, off the field, what's your... You know, he lost know. me a game earlier this season. Okay. When yeah, you've a fair share. Okay, okay. I don't know. Not, uh, 
not a huge fan of him to say the least. I think this uh, Philly team is rolling by and hurts right now. They got a little boost in that team over there. They got some new, uh, something new to play for. But uh, yeah, let me let me roll with the Eagles. I don't know why. I think it's stupid, but fuck it, I'm going Eagles. I kind of think Eagles can keep it close too. I think they can get it done. They just stunned the Saints. They're going to be coming in with some. Uh... Hey, a Taysom Hill Saints though, not a Jameis. Yeah, correct, I'm correct. I, I agree there. Um, I think they can get it done. I think Hertz has kind of got those boys rallying, and I don't know what the hell the Eagles do with with Carson Wentz. Like, if Hertz <laughs> steals his job, like, like he can't just give right. Like, if Hertz just plays outstanding the rest of the season, you got like he's your starter. Hundred million dollar coach, baby. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think like Wentz's contract is pretty like average in terms of starting quarterbacks. Granted, he hasn't shown he can play like a starting quarterback, but I, I think they're still would be some interest on trading him. You wouldn't be giving up much. Do you know what I mean? But someone's Just, taking that contract. Yeah, That's exactly. Amazing. Like, they're doing you a favor taking the contract in. I don't think it's, like, completely unmovable. But yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna take the Eagles, too. Shape it up to be a great week. Thanks to everybody for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed hearing from Bob as much as we did. We'll have a big NBA preview coming next week, including a little Christmas Day preview for uh, the five matchups on one of the biggest days in sports until then